0: Welcome back to another episode of Black Quintessence. I am your host Daniel Harbin. So let's go ahead and jump right into current events. First, I want to start off with letting you guys know if you haven't heard, there's going to be a reimagining of the movie Set It Off, which is the movie starring Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, God, I'm blanking on the other lady's name. Sorry. Damn. I'm not. I, I know these. Uh, I know their names. That is so fucking bad. Damn it. Damn it. Vivica A. Fox. Fuck. Sorry. And damn it. It's not Cicely Tyson. <laughs> I always get. I don't know why I always confuse them because they were. I don't know because I think they were because they both of those ladies were in um, Diary of Mad Kimberly Elise. Boom. Queen Latifah. Vivica A. Fox, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Kimberly Elise. There we go. Um, the reboot is being cre- co-created by Issa Rae, who stars in *Insecure*, and she was also in the movie *Star* in the movie *Little*. Um, she's reimagining it. Um, she'll be producing it as well as starring it. Uh, also with her will be Syreeta Singleton and Nina Gloster, who will be writing on the script. Uh, Montreal McKay will produce alongside Issa Rae. Um, Um. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how I truly, really feel about the reboot, but Vivica A. Fox apparently had her own say so uh, when she heard about it being remade. And um, I think she also, I don't know if she was piggybacking off of. A post that Young and May posted of herself and other young ladies of today, who she felt like should be recasted for it. She put herself clearly as Queen Latifah's role. She attacked Tiana Taylor as Ivica A. Fox's role. Kiki Palmer as Kimberly Lee's role, and I believe that's Lauren London. I'm not sure who the picture was of to do Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, her role. Um, Vivica a. Fox did not like that idea. She doesn't like the idea of the whole movie being rebooted, period. She's quoted saying, quote, it's a classic. You could do something else new, but you should leave it alone. She's going to bring us back with the Ouija board. How would you do a sequel to that? She does, In quote, she does have a point. Like, it does make it hard to think of how you're going to redo this movie when three out of the four ladies die. So my thing is. It's either going to like I said I'm assuming it's going to be a reimagining or a reboot because I mean if it's a reboot a reboot is basically redoing the whole series it's not necessarily picking up from it so my whole I'm pretty sure her intention isn't necessarily to pick up where it left off it's her intention is to completely remake the movie which like I seem like not too many people are really on board because a lot of people are getting tired of the reboots because it's 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 almost like they're truly trying to basically bank off of our nostalgia that's really what they're doing with all these reboots like they're banking off our nostalgia i just heard recently that they're supposed to be um rebooting saved by the bell for some reason um why i don't know like for my understanding it's supposed to be set like years later where uh zach morrison's character is supposed to be the mayor of the town and something about taking inner city youth kids and bringing them to Bayside so they can get a better education and some shit. I don't know. It's, it's too much with the reboots. Cause I also heard the reboot rebooting Punky Brewster. I always heard about Punky Brewster. I know it's about some little girl. I don't know much else about the show that was before my time. I don't know. But um, in the realm of reboots, they're also in discussing of rebooting the nanny starring, which starred Fran Drescher, who played, um, her name was Fran Fine, who was, I think she was from Flushing, a a very Brooklyn-y chick from Flushing who found a job nannying for this rich millionaire, British millionaire, and basically nannying for his kids and all those. I'm not going to lie, I did watch The Nanny growing up. Um, It was a cute show. But um, the thing is, is that Fran Drescher wants Cardi B to basically take over the role as the nanny. I don't know if she's going to be still considered Fran fine or if they're going to do it a whole different way. Basically, what is happening is that Fran's people are trying to get in contact with Cardi B's people to talk about the show uh, being made and having her cast. Um, It was said last year that Cardi mentioned that she would be down to the role because I guess it kind of was discussed lightly last year between them two um so we'll see if it's gonna happen um I know it said that Fran wants to probably even get uh she said she can play the mom she can be like uh, a Sylvia type character which was her mother in the original which if you remember Sylvia she was like a gluttonous very piggy type piggish type woman not piggy piggish type woman and then she would get John Leguizamo to play Morty who was her father so it sounds like I'm assuming that like I said Cardi B is going to basically be playing Fran herself just now it's Cardi B instead of Fran Drescher um like I said before I'm I don't know how many people feel this way I'm pretty sure a lot of people feel this way I think reboot should just Need to stop banking on these reboots because these reboots are getting tired and they're getting old. I mean, if when they were doing them in the beginning, it was like, okay, it's kind of cute, I like the idea of where it's going, and then it got out of hand because I know I don't want to say it started with the full house thing. I want to say, of course, there probably were other reboots before full house, but I want to say, I remember the first time I heard about a reboot happening, it was when Netflix did um Full house fuller house was what they called it and basically it was literally the same premise except instead of it being the three uncles living in one house now it became the two sisters and then the friend all living in the same house from the original show so it was DJ Stephanie and Kimmy all living in the house raising their kids in this mixed Family type of dynamic, it, it, I don't know. I just, I just think they need to stop doing reboots. Like I said, it's getting old. My opinion is they're banking on, like I said before, banking on our nostalgia, getting our money because they're hitting us in the fields of, oh, we grew up on this. This is so my childhood bullshit. I, I whatever. Like I said, I feel like the nanny one can be funny because Cardi B's a, like a, a, you know, she's an act in herself, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean like she's a funny chick. Like she always on her instagram she's always saying funny things when she you know when you catch her live she's doing something funny she's doing something animated something that makes people laugh so i feel like that could work i just still feel like no (laughs) but whatever um on to the next thing at hand um tamar braxton and lonnie love have been getting into it lately or got into it lately because tamar went on to wendy williams show and had a discussion with her and of course with wendy she was going to you know, bring up, you know, be messy, basically. I mean, that's what she's known for. And she brought up the whole thing about, you know, Tamar possibly going back onto the show. Would she go back onto the show? Of course, Tamar said, no, she declined. That wouldn't happen. Uh, She said that um, the reason why she wouldn't go back on the show is because she felt like she wouldn't be anybody's marketing tool. Like, you know, she felt like y'all not about to put me back on the show to get y'all ratings and things and up like that. And, um, you know, she also mentioned how she wasn't wouldn't do it because she's already dealing with her, you know, her own show, Braxton Family Values. But I don't think she really would go back even if she wasn't dealing with it because of how the whole situation, you know, happened with her leaving in the first place. Well, anyways, I guess that the show is live in a sense, I guess their show and the Real are live. I mean, that makes sense. I don't, I ain't gonna lie. I don't really watch neither one like that, but both shows are live. So I guess the cast of the Real saw her interview right before they started filming their show. So I guess they all pro- I don't know if they all felt some type of way, but Lonnie felt some type of way because I guess she made said a few things on her show, referring back to Tamar and Wendy's show, uh, when, uh, Tamar and Wendy's interview, and. Of course, after that was said, it then went to Twitter where, um, because I guess uh, backing up, Tamar claimed she was, she told, she was told that Lonnie wrote letters to the executives at Fox petitioning to get Tamar booted off the show. So that was where apparently all this got started from. So Lonnie then took to, I'm assuming I think it was Instagram, and she wrote, Quote, who writes letters? Who sent this? Let's talk it out. Stop going on every other show you know you want to and bring your man, and she at Tamar Braxton. Um, then Todrick Hall, a lot of you that may or may not know who Todrick Hall is. He's a YouTube sensation who got big from, you know, his voice and singing and making a lot of production. and he's, he's really taken off, you know. Good for you, Todrick, excuse me, because Todrick started from singing in public places and, Having been getting on the Broadway and now he's got productions everywhere. And uh, he got in and he, he didn't get messy. He just, you know, sent a positive tweet to Tamar telling, you know, he's praying for her and all that things, you know, being more positive. He didn't really get involved. He just, you know, decided, I guess, kind of like to uplift Tamar, Tamar respond, you know, in a positive way, you know, all that thing. Well, positive, kind of messy, shady type of things. you know, Tamar can get. Um, and yeah, so, I don't know. I just think that it seems like it's... I, and it seems like overall with the whole Tamar, the real thing, it it almost sounds like it's really not Tamar and versus the real per se. It kind of comes off more like Tamar versus Lonnie R. Those two are butting heads more than it really is just all the women of the real. And I don't know. And... Tamar also had mentioned in that, which I forgot to mention, that she said she had receipts it's talking about how Lonnie was the one that went to the executives and petitioned to get her off. So, you know, of course, we'll see as time goes on if the receipts will come up. But it just it's sad that it's gotten to this messy point because it really does seem like, like I said, I know Tamar mentioned that she, it was like a shot out the dark of her getting kicked off the show. I, like I said, I mean, I've watched through, I watched it when she was on it. I've glanced at it now that she wasn't on it. I'm not going to say I'm a fan. I'm not going to say I'm a dedicated person to watch it like that. I've glanced at it. It's entertainment. I'm not going to lie. Um, and even when she was on there, she was entertaining, and I think she brought a different different demographic to the show. In the sense where I felt like, you know, when Tamar left, that demographic left. I'm not gonna say that the show went downhill because I don't, I definitely don't believe it went downhill. It's just a different vibe was there with Tamar gone, and I think that's obvious with any show, any whether it's scripted or not. When a cast member leaves, the dynamic kind of changes. So I always kind of felt that way when she left and it just, but it's still entertaining, like I said, but you can, you know, like I said, when she first left the show and it was mentioned, you know, it got referenced on her show, to, uh, Braxton family values about the incident and how it got messy and all this other stuff. So I don't know if it's true or not. If Tamar does drop those receipts that Lonnie did have something to do with her, that really will look bad on Lonnie's end. Um, I would say, why would she have a reason to say that if she didn't? I mean, people do bluff all the time, but, you know, for someone like Tamar, who's all over the news and this isn't going to go away, what she says. So I would hope that if time came, be it for her to show the receipts, she does have the receipts and the proof. And then if she does, for Lonnie, I hope that, well, there's no reasonable explanation for her to want to take Tamar off because most people are going to either say it's either jealousy or she – never really liked Tamar from the Jump Star and just put up a front for the show's behalf. I don't know. Cause she always made it seem like she always had Tamar's back. And she almost sometimes came up like she had Tamar's back more than the other girls. And the sense we're like, you know, I always, I'm, you know, we're sisters, we're close, you know, all this other stuff. So hopefully it resolves itself and they can work something out. And if not, I mean, sometimes it's, everything can't always be cookie cutter clean. So, mm. But then I'm going to go ahead and go into a different story, which takes a bit of a different and darker tone. For you guys that have not heard of the story of Ed Buck, who is the um, Democratic donor and political activist who was arrested this past Tuesday and charged with operating a drug house, providing methamphetamine to a 37 year old man who had overdosed and apparently died. Um, He's being charged with three counts of battery, causing serious injury, administering methamphetamine, and maintaining a drug house. Um, It said he injected the victim with with methamphetamine at his apartment at the 1200 block of Laurel Avenue in West Hollywood on September 11th. Uh, This victim did overdose, but he survived. Now, for a lot of you that don't know, um, I think there was two other cases of two gentlemen who did die from the overdose. Now, here's the thing with this. Every victim that has been in his house has been a black queer man. The one thing that has always when I think I read this story either earlier this year or late last year was when I first heard the story and read about it. Every man he's brought into his house has been a black queer man male and that has been the thing that has always made me like feel away about this whole story me being a black queer male myself it's kind of like why are you targeting black queer males and the fact that you're like kind of i feel like he's probably um enticing them with drugs because i mean let i mean it's, for a lot of us that are queer men and queer black men and queer men in general sometimes we're aware that you know unfortunately, drugs are kind of a semi-big thing in our community, unfortunately. There are a lot of us who are doing them. There are a lot of us who are, you know, whether we're quote-unquote addicted, quote-unquote strung out to them or not, or use them casually, party drugs, whatever. There are a lot of, you know, queer men who do partake in drugs. Usually, they usually do it for party purposes, like either whether it's going to involve sex or they're at the club or whatever the case might be. But this man here was... um for some, some reason somehow getting them into his house and then these men were dying in his care, and that was the part that you know threw me off. Um, the first man was a young man who was twenty six years old and his name was and I hope I'm pronouncing this wrong maybe uh, Jamel or Jemel Moore J E M M E L. He died on July twenty seven two thousand seventeen. Now when his case hit when they found his uh, his body, the prosecutors had said it was in, insufficient evidence to press charges against Buck. So that one completely got swept under the rug. And then it was a second man on January seventh, who was a young man named Timothy Dean, who was a fifty five who was fifty five years old, who uh, also died from a methamphetamine overdose, but he also had alcohol alcohol excuse me, in his uh, system. So it was ruled as, quote-unquote, accidental. But one thing they had said in his uh, report was that he died 15 minutes prior to 911 being called. So that's the thing that makes me always like, I don't understand why when the first two cases were brought up, because I remember meeting reading the articles about these, why wasn't anything done there? Why wasn't he you know, investigated or, you know, anything of that nature. Why wasn't anybody on his ass when the first gentleman died and then let alone the second one. So you mean it luckily the third one was able to survive and I'm pretty sure he wasn't fucking counting on that. Cause that asshole was probably trying to off him too. And luckily he survived and was able to get help because uh, like I said, I believe the story goes, he escaped Buck and ran off and basically barely almost made it. So that was the fucked up part. It was like, you basically attempted to kill this man. And I don't know what his situation is, why he's targeting. You know what? I'm, I'm going to keep it real. When you're white and you target black people, I don't give a fuck what your reason is, especially when all of your targets have been black. This whole motherfucking thing is racial, regardless of how you want to flip this or anything of that nature. When you are a white or of another race and you are already always targeting black men, are targeting a specific group your intentionally targeting him he was intentionally targeting queer black men and with the intent in my opinion and i am not a lawyer i am not a judge i can't say just how this story plays out to me it sounds like your intention was to gather up these young queer black men and to have them overdose on purpose your intentions to me sound like you're like i said i don't want to like i said i can't throw anything out there because i don't want people to think i know what the fuck i'm talking about or make any false accusations but it sounds like you were killing queer black men on purpose those were your targets now if you're in if you're you know a group of victims would have been all different races i'd have been like okay so you're just targeting queer men and men whatever the case might be but because all of them have been black you are targeting queer black men and the one thing that has always been an issue with me is this fetishization of black men from white people but most cases i see it from both sides of the fence of other races i see a lot of fetishization of black men where latin men white men asian men they always come at black men on some sexual shit they do this whole big black dick thing and then there are a lot of our brothers who their ego gets stroked off that and they fall into the light. You know, anyone who gets their ego stroke is going to like it for the most Not I Don't say anyone, but a lot of us that get our ego strokes would like it and they like hearing it and it turns them on or whatever the case might be. And to me, I can, and then this whole thing with a lot of, you know, LGBTQ youth being homeless, especially gay males, we're like at a real high rate of being homeless, getting kicked out, having to fend for ourselves, having to survive and do what we got to do. And that's why a lot of us do end up on drugs. You know what I mean? Sometimes some people do it by choice because they, like I said, it's a party drug. A lot of times some of us do what we got to do and we get wrapped up in their life and whatever the case might be. But like I said, to me, I'm tired of. These white men and other races feeling like almost like we are their property just because we're black. And a lot of us think that because a lot of y'all and us are the ones fucking them, that we hold the power when the reality is in these situations that it shouldn't be a power struggle. It's just sex, not in this story specifically, but when it comes to that, but a lot of y'all don't realize that you're just dick to them. Regardless if you turn around and maybe be in a relationship, you were dick to them in the beginning. And a lot of y'all really have this thing of being like, oh, they really like me. They really feel me, You know, they like your skin and they like the fact that you're rumored to have a big dick. So they automatically fleck jump onto you and all this other shit. So I need all my brothers out there to wake up and stop allowing that. To allow you to be vulnerable to other people just because of the color of your skin, but that's you know I digress. But hopefully this motherfucker gets the book thrown out of him and he is thrown under the motherfucking jail. Like I needed to happen. His bail was set at four million and he's due in court on Wednesday. So it's but the sad the almost no the sad part is they're saying if he is convicted he. Wolf possibly face a maximum of five years and eight months in a state prison, which is bullshit because this man has killed two people. I get that they're going to try to say that they can't prove he did it. But my idea bullshit, either way it goes, that motherfucker needs to go down. That's all I'm going to say to that. That motherfucker needs to go down. He knows what he did. He did it on purpose. But anyways, that's it for my current events. Um, this one's gonna be a really really short one because i'm not gonna lie to you guys I was trying and thinking on my ass the entire day Kind of got sidetracked with some family things dealing with you know family death I don't want to put it out there because it's personal, but um Yeah dealing with that So I didn't really get the chance to come up with the topic for today's episode. Sorry you guys Um, I always but I will say this if you guys want to hear me talk about anything, Thing does not matter what that boundary is Just email me, like I always tell you guys, email me at my, you know, email me at blackquintessence at yahoo.com. DM me on my Instagram under the same name, blackquintessence can also find me on facebook under the same name black quintessence so like i said guys sorry don't have a topic this week but i want you guys to have a great weekend enjoy the weekend enjoy the sun at least for us in, over here in california in the bay area we have sun for now because you know soon it will be fucking raining and i don't do the rain i don't like the rain i know a lot of y'all out there be like i love the rain it's cuddly Motherfuck that shit i want to be outside half naked in the sun So (laughs) that's just me. But like I said, you guys enjoy your weekend and I will see you guys next week. Peace.